Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. I'm Greg Pickle. Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider, recruiting expert at Blue, White, Illustrated, and on three, joins us for another week of recruiting talk. Ryan, it's April 5th. This is not necessarily always commitment season, but you can never rule one out in the crazy world that is recruiting. We're going to cover that and what it means for Penn State, get into the transfer portal, as we tend to do here on the show, and also get some final thoughts on the weekend visitors that were and where things stand with them so let's start with the commitment actually let's pull an audible get your final thoughts on the ncaa college basketball championships i know you had kansas in a uh good spot until they weren't in a good spot but college basketball mm. is over and now we are officially uh in the long grind for college athletics to really hit the mainstream again when football starts in the fall yeah I hope my wife doesn't watch this i had kansas minus three and a half last night guys so i don't know if anybody Knows how the spread works and watch that guy go out of bounds, but that one hurt. So enough gambling talk. But uh, yeah, it was fun tournament though, right? Um, yep. UNC made a great run, and uh, you know it was it was good. I mean, Kansas, I thought they they certainly deserved it, and especially like when the brackets came out and you saw their their region, like they definitely had the easiest run. Uh, I did have Kansas in my bracket, but it didn't matter because everything else was destroyed. But uh, always a fun tournament. Uh, that game was uh, incredible last night. I mean that that. It's it stinks losing your your play right, but uh, that was right. a, a fun game to stay up for. Uh, no more nine twenty tip offs. I know that's not going to yeah. change. They've done that for what seems like four or five years now. But uh, nine twenty tip offs are, are miserable on the East Coast. But congrats to Kansas and uh, oh, the, should I call them the Kansas City Jayhawks? Did you see? Uh, I did see that. Uh, yes, Emirate, yeah, <laughs> the Kansas yep. City Jayhawks. That was good. But it's uh, it's spring baseball season, uh, MLB for us up here in the Northeast more than uh, yep. than college ball. But uh, excited to watch the Phillies and uh, move into the summer. Yeah, I am a big proponent of getting both the college football playoff and the NCAA basketball championship off of Monday night. But it's not going to happen, not unless some big money TV power player comes in and says they want to do it. So we'll see. But I don't hey, like our odds of it starting soon, sooner or on a different day. One of us are going to the Masters this week. That's right. Mm-hmm. Off and running Wednesday morning. Yep. Looking forward to it. Um, Another big – it is one of the best sporting weeks in the world, isn't it? When you come off to college basketball, is. you start baseball, it goes into the Masters. I mean, you got a little bit of everything no matter what sports you enjoy. So, yeah, looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Looking forward to reading – Which round are you going to? Uh, round one Friday? on Thursday. Yep, Thursday. Oh, round one Thursday. Okay. Yep. So well, everybody, look for, for Greg uh, to be one of the uh, – is it patrons? Is that what they call them? Look yeah. For, and yeah. Uh, we'll, get your uh, pimento cheese sandwich. Enjoy it, man. Yeah. I'm jealous. 
Yep. Uh, all the other great things you can find to do in Augusta. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing what uh, James Franklin and Manny Diaz have to say Wednesday night. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you have to say about this new Penn State commitment, UNT, Frank, who, of course, is doing the great production work for us today. Discuss this a little bit on the BWI Daily Edition on Monday. But Penn State does have a new commitment, and it came over the weekend with Andrew Raplier. I think I got that right this time. You did. Uh, he committed to Penn State, flipped from Michigan. Ryan, one that anyone who's been following us over at Blue White Illustrated, and I think we've probably brought it up here on the recruiting show as well, knows is a player that Penn State was hard after, and they didn't get his commitment the first time around because of the way things played out with their class then. Well, things are playing out differently with the class now, and they were able to land him. And, you know, I think for, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different reasons, both some of the ones he discussed with you and kind of where Penn State is at a position point right now at tight end, it made all the sense in the world for this uh, commitment to finally take place and for Penn State to be in a position to accept it. It's it's not often that a school is able to land – pretty much all their top guys at one position. And that's really kind of how this all played out. Of course, Matthias Barnwell uh, was a tight end at one point. He's going to switch his defensive tackle. Penn State always kind of looked at him as like a, we call it like a jumbo athlete just because he's a, um, you know, obviously because of his size. Uh, I think when people hear athlete, they think of smaller, shiftier guys. So uh, I call them jumbo athletes. But, you know, obviously getting him and, and Joey Schlafler, they were always both very high on the board. And then you had Rappelier and Neo Avery, of course. And, and you know, Penn State held – commitments from all four of them at one point. And that that pretty much was their uh, their tight end board between those four. And, and of course, that's why Rappelier really wasn't able to kind of commit on the timeline that he was originally planning on uh, because Neo Avery committed on uh, New Year's Eve. I said Christmas Eve yesterday on the podcast, Steve Frank. I, <laughs> I realized that it was a uh, New Year's Eve uh, for, for Avery. We know but, you're still alive uh, because it wasn't on Christmas Eve. I don't know if you would have uh, if you would have survived working Christmas Eve on that commitment. So that, that was the yeah. dead well, Mitchell Tinsley. We had, yeah, we had Mitchell Tinsley on Christmas. We did have a little bit of fun with Mitchell Tinsley. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, of course, Avery uh, has since decommitted and, and, and this wasn't really about Avery decommitting. This was more so about Penn state at the time we thought convinced Avery to, to focus on defensive end. Um, you know, and then of course, Matthias, you know, making, making the uh, transition to defensive tackle and, and, and having all four of them on board and, and, and kind of clearing up space for tight end is really kind of where this ball got rolling. I mean, he told me with, with Jay Harbaugh switching to tight end or excuse me, switching from tight end to safeties coach. That's really where he Penn state got the, the door open because he, he wasn't, he was trying to not talk to Penn state. Like obviously he wanted to come to Penn state. He, he kind of got shut out really, which you know, was unfortunate. Um, you know, it's just how it works. Right. But uh, after, of course, after Jay Harbaugh, makes that switch he kind of starts talking to Ty Howe a little bit you know they they make it clear that they have space now and uh that's how it all played out so can't be easy decommitting from a school like Michigan but this is this is where he wanted to go um, from the get-go and uh Penn State's happy to have him yeah and it worked out for Penn State you mentioned the changes on the Michigan side of things that really kind of spun this back around and then they had Penn State of course had changes with Neo Avery so all told I think probably best case for both sides let me just ask you this before we move on to some other topics Ryan do you think this is going to be a trend now where guys who are listed as a tight end as sophomores or uh, you know early in their junior year or whatever it might be that we're going to see more guys like a Matthias Barnwell keep growing or like a Neo Avery flip to defense is it just a rare occurrence in this cycle or is this something that you know just out of curiosity if Penn State gets a 25 
tight end commit or a 26 tight end commit. You know, I think it's probably good to be aware of the fact that these guys are still growing no matter what position they commit at. But I think when you're a tight end, you certainly have the body size in all likelihood to grow into something different by the time you actually get to campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we definitely see a lot of guys who could be offensive linemen, right? But they want to hold on to tight end. Like, you just were with me at the Under Armour camp. I mean, how many yep. tight ends there were we sitting there like, yeah, you're a tackle, you're a tackle. You know, right. it, it's just it, that's so many athletes, man. They just kind of outgrow, um, you know, the 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 skill positions and and they they hold on to it as long as they possibly can. So you, yeah, we do see that a lot at tight end. But as far as Penn State, we haven't really seen that too much with Penn State in the past, right? I mean, Pat was yeah. clearly a tight end. Gasicki was clearly a tight end, and and you could say that about the the guys currently on the roster and and so many before, but. Tight end, yeah, it's definitely one of those positions where it's just kind of you were an athlete your whole life and uh, you, you're just kind of outgrowing it, but you, you can't lose the uh, the luster of having the ball in your hand. Yeah, no doubt about it. I know a lot of those guys, like you mentioned, will uh, fight and claw and scrape as long as humanly possible to stay at one of those spots, mm -hmm. but a lot of instances they're just not going to be able to do so from a physical perspective. One final note here, uh, Ryan, Neo Avery tweeting out not too long ago as we started recording this, he's going to visit Ole Miss this weekend. We've talked in the past about Penn State is not out of this by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly I think the way his recruiting outlook will shift is going to happen during the next few weeks and or months here as he really gets out and starts to explore some other campuses, especially ones in the South. Yeah, I believe uh, I saw some talk that he might go to Kentucky as well. I think I read a story there somewhere. I, I hope I'm not mixing him up, but I, I thought I saw something about him visiting Kentucky. Uh, look, it's just the numbers for me. I just look back on since James Franklin has started here until now. I don't have the exact numbers on me, but uh, you got Michael, Michael Parsons recommitting and Matthias Barnwell recommitting. And aside from that, not a single decommitment has then ended up signing with Penn State. So right. what are the numbers, man? I, mean, I think it's less than 10%. I'm pretty sure they've had like 50 or maybe even up towards 60. I think that's around the range that they've had since Franklin's decommitted. And, of course, that's not – that. those numbers really aren't – they're kind of average from what I've seen. Right. I haven't, you know, looked back on every Division One school. But 50, 60, that's about right uh, over an eight- or nine-year span compared to other schools, of course. But yeah, uh, just – the numbers, the numbers don't suggest it's it's likely, and he clearly wants to be recruited. And uh, you know, I, I, usually when guys commit and then you know uh, open things back up, it's not like they recommit anytime soon. So this should last right. for a while. Yeah, no doubt. I guess the one thing I would say, if you're looking to spin the numbers in a positive light, you could do it. And note that the only two guys who did decommit and then recommit to Penn State were from that 300 mile radius that they find so important around True. State College. When you're and look, I, I don't think he ends up at Maryland or Rutgers. So, I mean, I haven't done the math here yet, but I would assume that of the schools he's going to really focus in on here, Penn State might be the closest one for him to get to by car. You can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but that was sort of the issue that the thing that went Penn State's way with Parsons and with Barnwell to some extent is that they could easily get back to campus. So, if you're looking for something positive, it's not like this is a Florida kid backing off his pledge and is never going to pay his own money to get on a plane to come to state college again or something like that. So we'll see. But by and large, though, you're right. Uh, very rare for a decommitment, recommitment to happen. Uh, and so we'll see how this shakes out with Penn State. So to Kentucky Sports Radio, um, 
official visit to Kentucky June 17th is, okay. is what I saw with Avery. So that's a, that's a little ways away, but uh, yeah, he supposedly already has one official in, but I mean, from, I, I could still maybe see Neo committing before his senior season, but this will definitely go into the summer. And yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he came back, there's a good relationship there. He's, he's been high on Penn state for a long time, but until those numbers start shifting, I don't know how anyone can predict that he would end up in this class. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. No question about it. We're moving on on the Blue White Illustrated BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Ryan Snyder dishing on all the latest Penn State recruiting news. I'm Greg Pickle. Ryan, let's get into, as we start talking about visits and top schools and things like that, while you won't see a ton of commitments in all likelihood this month, you're probably going to start to see quite a few top groups and top schools mm-hmm. list come out uh, we're getting closer and closer to that point in time as spring practice wraps up as guys come off of visits in the spring so on and so forth but two guys are already at that point two linebacker targets that Penn State's been in on for quite some time have already released their top schools Ryan I'll let you decide where you want to start the bidding here but uh, two very important defenders for Penn State have that has it on its short list uh, right now well one thing I will say too is that like we do see commitments in April. Uh, I did a mailbag. Um, it was about what three weeks ago now, and yeah. I think Penn State has had in either March or April they've had a commitment every time. So it does fluctuate a little bit, but I wouldn't personally be surprised if we saw one or two more. Um, you know, over the next whatever it is twenty some days. Uh, but but you're right. This is this is mainly the time when you see top list because the majority of guys take official visits. So that's that's kind of what we saw two of those this uh, this last week with Josiah Trotter and Phil Pachotti. And because they play the same position at middle linebacker, I think we kind of have to talk about both because again, I mean, like I don't see them taking more than one Mike this year. I, I think they will take a, a one middle linebacker, but um, I, it's hard for me to see both. But he, here's the lowdown. I mean. Uh, Josiah Trotter, uh, he, he's going to be committing here in about uh, two weeks. I believe I believe he was April 15th, 15th. I want to say. 15th. Um, yeah. April 15th, so, yep. Yeah, we know Clemson, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, and West Virginia, uh, along with Penn State, of course, are his top five. The bad news, Penn State fans, is I've already put in a pick for West Virginia, and I think it's just kind of a fall of the visits. Uh, well, a cu- couple things, actually. One, my most recent in- truly full interview with him, which was um, I think the beginning of March when he put out his top five, uh, he said that West Virginia was one of the schools recruiting him the hardest at the time. That kind of stood out to me. And then, two, West Virginia is the last visit he took. And he doesn't have any other visits lined up. I, I just that's that's really all I'm going with there. <laughs> but uh, right. it it just it just feels to me that uh, 
the Mountaineers are the team to beat. So I'll be curious to see if some of my colleagues follow me um, or not really follow me, but, you know, make, make their own picks, of course, uh, with with West Virginia in the, in the coming coming weeks here. Or I guess we really only have, what, 10 days, so it would be sometime uh, this week or next. Right. But I, I think he's headed to the to the Mountaineers. And, and it, you know, they they West Virginia was one of the last schools to offer him. I believe they offered him, I want to say it was within 2022. Uh, I think it was maybe February or so. I forget exactly mm-hmm. when, but they they were one of the most recent schools to offer. So this was a quick. Uh, they they really jumped into his uh, his top five pretty quickly. Excuse me, it was December third. I just pulled it up there, so it was very end of twenty twenty one. But my point is, a lot of these other schools are on him a lot longer. Uh, but it just feels like Neil Brown and his staff uh, have really made a strong impression here. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong with that. But when I look at the fact that that was the last school he visited, then also, hey, if you just look at his Twitter feed, you know he's retweeting a lot of other guys that. Visiting uh, West Virginia, I mean, you pull up his Twitter feed right off the bat. Uh, you have uh, him retweeting Cameron Calhoun, who's going on an f- official visit to West Virginia June 3rd the 5th. He's retweeting James Hurd, uh, who's his teammate, of course, at St. Joseph's Prep, who's also going on an official visit to West Virginia. So uh, the tea leaves are, are all pointing towards the Mountaineers there. Uh, but the, the good news then, of course, is you have Phil Pachotti, uh, who right. just put out his top 12 last week. And, uh, you know, Penn State's going to be a, a serious, serious player there, I, I, I think. Um, I think they have to, I think he has to get back to hang out with uh, Manny Diaz some because it does feel to me a little like Penn State's kind of lost a little bit of its luster uh, compared to when Brent Pry was here. I'm not saying that they were the, the true favorite when Brent was here, but I, I did feel a little bit better about where Penn State stood uh, before that coaching change. I mean, I put a I actually put in a, a recruiting prediction machine pick for Penn State uh, before that coaching change happened, and now I, I'd. I probably would lower it substantially. Actually, I probably wouldn't even have a Penn State pick in at all right now. Interesting. Um, after that, so he's he's taking a lot of visits though right now too. You know, he just was. I think he's about to go to Nebraska this weekend. He just saw Oklahoma. I think Michigan and Michigan State had him at the end of uh, March, and of course, Phil's coming up to Penn State on April sixteenth, and and he'll do Wisconsin on April twenty third. So those visits will say a lot. Of course, he has a top twelve, but just look at it here: Michigan, Michigan State. Oklahoma, Nebraska, Penn State, and Wisconsin are the seven schools getting him on campus. So it's just a top 12 versus a top seven. I wouldn't be surprised if he sees a few of those other schools. You know, USC, I know, is a, a school that I, I think I could see them taking an official visit to. But uh, I think Penn State's probably top three or so, but I, I'm not very confident in saying they're the team to beat now. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously we knew that when Brent Pry left, some of the relationships he had done a great job for, forging, rather, in the uh, class of 2023 and beyond would, I don't think, would, you know, it would be a reset in some respects. Not a total reset, because as we've always discussed, Penn State recruits from a staff-wide perspective, and it's not just one guy who's recruiting a prospect at any given time. However, I think it's it's hard for me to believe that uh, a player could have the same level of relationship with every guy on the staff or girl on the staff that he talks to. And because of that, uh, you know, you're going to have instances where guys are much further along with this position coach or that recruiting coordinator or whatever compared to, to others. And obviously Pry was a linebacker coach here. So we'll see, but you're right. The uh, visits certainly, I think tell a tale here that this one is far from locked down by any stretch of the imagination. One other thing I'll add, too, is, I mean, T. Frank just did a good story on looking at Manny Diaz and how much he uses safeties kind of compared to linebackers. I mean, Manny's Manny's much uses many more uh, outside linebackers, you know, Wills and Sams, 
uh, with kind of that uh, that eleventh defender, which you know uh, Penn State uses. I think it's a star position. I want to say. Sure, that's uh, what it so, was. Who knows what it is now? But yes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about it too much over the last year, but my point is just like they they don't, he doesn't use a mic nearly as much as uh, what we've seen. Now Brent Pry didn't use a mic all the time either, but it, it, just from reading T Frank, it seems like the. Uh, Manny Diaz is going to use one even less. So I'll just be curious to see how that uh, impacts really this whole recruitment and Jordan Hall as well. You know, the IMG Academy linebacker is very much still in the mix as well. Uh, so just kind of, I think Jordan Hall just went to Michigan state uh, recently, maybe this past weekend. Yeah. So uh, Penn state's very firmly in the mix there too, but hit, you know, uh, Josiah, Pachati, Jordan Hall, they feel like the three guys in the mix for Mike. And I think one of them is going to come off the board for Penn state here soon and Trotter and probably end up at West Virginia. All right. Well, keep it out. Keep an eye on bluewhiteillustrated.com for all the latest intel on linebacker recruiting and so much more. You can join us for just a dollar for one year of access at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Also, speaking of T Frank, it's not just a recruiting show here with Ryan and I that is found on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated and wherever you get your audio podcast, T Frank's daily podcast, film breakdowns, and more are available at youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated. Ryan, let's dive into the transfer portal here quick. I don't think we have a ton to really share about this other than the fact that it happened and Penn State could find itself in the mix. Uh, so let's dive into this. Akeem, oh boy, uh, Mysador, does that Mesador. sound right? Yeah, okay. Yep. He was Mesador. Mesador. Yep. Okay. He was on campus last weekend, something you were able to report on Friday. Uh, a guy who's going to get globs of interest in the transfer portal, and uh, there's a whole bunch of schools that are going to be hoping to host him after offering him. Penn State, of course, was able to do that earlier than anyone, but it doesn't necessarily mean they will win out in the end. What do we know at this point? I know it's not, uh, you know, it's fairly recent since he last visited. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not like we're talking to him either. I mean, the, the talk has been for a while now that Miami is very much in play and that NIL has a lot to do with it. Do I know that for sure? I don't. I mean, I, I think if you just read West Virginia message boards, if you even read Miami message boards, uh, and then also, you know, there are just people in the industry that are talking about it as well. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that. Now, with that said, I've also had people mention to me that because of all that talk, it's making the move to Miami maybe a little harder than uh, originally thought. So, look, Penn State got him on campus. I believe he was here Friday and Saturday. Uh, I, I don't have that 100% confirmed, but I believe he was here more than just one day. Uh, I don't believe it was an official visit, though. Um, I have to double, triple check on that, though. But, yeah, I mean, Penn State's getting him on campus. Sounds like USC is very interested. Uh, I believe Auburn just offered him a couple days ago. So, so Auburn's going to make a push there. You know, I, I, he's kind of a tweener, uh, not really a true edge, you know, at 6'3", 250. But, man, he was productive, and, and, and nobody can 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 argue that, uh, you know, from, from his time at West Virginia. I think it was, what, 38 tackles, four and a half sacks this past year, and then 32 tackles, five sacks, uh, and, you know, earning second team all Big Ten honors as a freshman. I think he was a freshman All-American, too, uh, by a few outlets. So, uh, lot, lots of like. I will say that Mesador, originally from Canada, was at Penn State before. He did camp at Penn State when he was younger. Of course, didn't pick up an offer, but uh, he has connections to guys like Jesse Laqueta, uh, Christian Veyu, Jonathan Sutherland. They were all part of that Gridiron Academy, which you know always brings players down from Canada over the years. So whether that, that plays a factor or not, I, I don't really think it would. But uh, it was good for Penn State to get him on campus. But you know, aside from that, there, there's not a whole lot more I can really share. Yeah, I believe there's a former staff member from West Virginia at 
uh, Miami right now. I think he was at West Virginia and then went to Georgia for a year and is now at uh, Miami. I'm not 100% certain on that. I'm pretty okay. sure, though. So that's that's another thing to keep in mind as well. It's amazing with the transfer portal, though, how many old connections you can find that uh, maybe – maybe don't seem relevant at the time like even this Penn State camp for example maybe didn't seem relevant at the time when he was on campus now could be uh, obviously a part of the relationship building process to Penn State it certainly used to host him to get him to come to campus um, we'll see where mm-hmm. it goes from there but yeah past relationships past camps NIL current opportunities I mean the list kind of just goes on and on and on yeah, I mean, there are other guys we know they're working on in there, but I just until I you know hear more from people that I trust uh, as far as like who's genuinely like of course they're following guys on Twitter and stuff like that, but uh, right now I mean it's 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 kind of quiet now. Of course, spring ball is going to end here very soon, right. and I would expect to to see to see that um, you know in, what late April, early May names to really pick up. But of course, you have to be in the transfer portal by the end of May, I believe it is. I think it's May 31st. You have to be in the portal if you want to play the upcoming season. So uh, I would still be surprised if Penn State didn't add anybody. Uh, I, I, you know, I certainly think two guys um, would uh, would be would surprise me. I guess you'd say as far as just Hunter and, and Mitchell Tinsley, but uh, be interesting to see. They certainly would like some defensive ends and and, and maybe a linebacker as well. I think a lot of Penn State fans would like that too, but they're easier uh, found or easier discussed rather and said to be interested in all that than actually interested and found. So we'll see. But you're right. uh, Spring practice. Penn State actually, I was doing a a look for the Saturday six pack we had over at Blue White Illustrated uh, last weekend. And Penn State's definitely one of the later major schools to wrap things up, but there's still some schools that still play spring games after. Penn State will, even though a lot of mm-hmm. schools are doing it the weekend before the night, or this coming weekend, I guess it is the ninth or the 16th, uh, Penn State. And I'm sorry, they're on the uh, 23rd this year, the blue-white game. So at any rate, there are a couple mm-hmm. schools that come after them that last weekend of April. But for the most part, I think you're going to start seeing more and more guys as spring wraps up, start to hit the portal, start trying to figure out where they want to go next. So it will get busy, and there will, of course, be high school guys on campus as well, which takes us to the final uh, topic we have for this week's edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Ryan, we're going to wrap up the weekend that was and look ahead. Makai White was on campus. Penn State sent out a new offer. Uh, Per the usual, I would let you pick where you would like to start here, but certainly a productive weekend on the high school recruiting front for Penn State as well. Um, well, 2023, I mean, Marquise Williams was here. That was notable. The uh, Bishop McDevitt running back. Yep. Uh, I mean, I've talked about it a long time, and I, mean, I think he's a, a very good player. Uh, but size is just the, is the one thing that I think people are concerned about. I will say that he is up about 10 pounds uh, from, from last time. I think in the fall, he was around 165. He's up to around 175 now. So that's a great sign. And uh, just be curious to see if, if he moves up Penn State's board much. Uh, of course, you know, London Montgomery, Trayon Webb, Mark Fletcher, a few other guys I think are – really the, the ones they're pushing hard for, but the fact that they're bringing him back, um, you know, just maybe something to keep an eye on here down the road if they miss out on some top guys. Uh, they also hold us to David Walters. He's a 2023 safety prospect. Good player. Uh, I, I'd like to catch up with him still right now. He's ranked number 376 uh, in the on-3 consensus. But, I mean, the real the real talent that was here this past weekend really is 2025. I mean, Makai White's a 2024 player um, who, by the way, we have listed at wide receiver. But I think Penn State likes him as a linebacker. So that's something to keep an eye on. That's something that someone mentioned to me actually just right before we were getting on the show here. Uh, 6'2", 180 is what we have him listed at. I think he was a little bit bigger than that. Um, but I'll have to – I think I think I'm trying to remember. 
what was his? I think he was up to no, I think 61. He's right. Anyway, uh, let's go to 2025 though, man. That's where the real talent was this past weekend. I wrote a story yep. on Omari Gaines today. I think he's going to be a serious uh, cornerback out of New Jersey. Of course, he's still a freshman, but man, already six one, 165. I know 165 is kind of small, of course, but again, he's a he's a freshman. Uh, but already at six one, you know, there's a lot of length there to like. I think Penn State likes him a lot. Kamar Archie was here from the Hun School. I mean, I've talked about him. I think he's going to be a five star player. Uh, John Forster also got a got a Penn State offer. He's a good looking running back uh, from St. Joseph's Prep. Uh, so all three of those guys are are New Jersey prospects. So uh, the, this past weekend was really about a, a good group of youth players um now do you want to get into i mean we have a couple guys for this upcoming weekend too if you want to get into it uh yep. i think i think mason robbins well first off today is tuesday april 5th i'm expecting jameel lyons to be back here tomorrow uh which you know to be april 6th that's a that's a big one for penn state i i've already put in rpm for for jameel i put it in um right after he announced his top five so it was that probably about uh nine ten days ago I uh, feel good about that one. I think West Virginia will will prove to be Penn State's top competitor. Uh, although he does need to get to Pitt, and I and I do think he'll get to Pitt soon. But uh, I mean, just if you just read the story I wrote and just kind of read what he says about the other full schools, and then read what he said about Penn State. I mean, it was a level of detail. I mean, sometimes I try not to read too much into quotes, but that was one of those situations where just the level of detail was like, okay, you know, it, it's clear here to me that Penn state's a top school there. Uh, but we're also expecting the um, American heritage guys to be here this upcoming weekend. Of course, Brandon yep. Innes is one of the, the best players in the country at wide receiver. I think he's going to be here Friday. Santana Fleming's supposed to be here. I believe Damon Fagan's coming up. So I, I still have to get a feel for how many American heritage guys are coming, but uh it's supposed to be a pretty good group. And then there'll be some young guys, too, uh, making the trip. I, actually, I believe Mason Robinson. Is Mason Robinson the ninth? Yeah, I believe Mason will be here the ninth as well. Um, so, you know, I've talked about Mason a ton. He's another guy I have an RPM prediction in for. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good group. Emilio Agar, too, 2024 guy. How could I forget him? He's going to be up this weekend. So lots of lots of talented names uh, to keep an eye on. I think Ryan Montgomery, too, the 2025 quarterback, is, is planning to make his way up here to watch spring practice on Friday. So I, I from – Obviously, it's only Tuesday right now. Let's see how the list uh, shapes out. But from the outside looking in and just some of the names we have confirmed right now, this is looking like the best weekend we've had so far uh, for spring recruiting. Yeah, and it's good, too, that it has been a good – you know, it's good to note, too, I guess is a better way of putting it, that it's been a good spring so far for Penn State. But certainly this is looking like uh, maybe the best group they've had up here, and then the blue-white game will be not too far from now, and that'll be power-packed as well. So we're going to start seeing, I think, business really start picking up for Penn State on that front. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, even uh, April 16th, I believe uh, – I'm trying to think who – I thought I had one big name for April. Oh, Fachati, of course. I just talked about him a couple seconds ago. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, shaping up to be uh, – I think this is going to be a good weekend. I think the following weekend will be good. And then, you know, Blue-White will be, of course, the mega weekend. Uh, I am actually planning to go to a 7-on-7 seven -on -seven on tournament on Saturday, right. too. The the PA Swag 7-on-7 seven -seven hosted by Ed O'Brien, Coach Cleasy. Uh, he's over at 24-7, but uh, we, we've been friends for a long time. So uh, I believe the Evolve group uh, from Pittsburgh, so Rodney Gallagher, um, you know, uh, Quentin Martin, a bunch of those guys. Tamir Robinson, he's not playing right now because he's injured, but he should be out there. Uh, so looking forward to seeing some of those guys as well on, uh, I think, either I think Saturday or Sunday. Well, the Masters being Sunday, I feel like I got to go Saturday, right? So I can right. uh, catch the final round of the Masters on Sunday. But so, yeah, plan to make a trip out to Philly to see those guys and uh, looking forward to seeing what other talents there as well. No question about it. Well, stay tuned for all that and more at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. That's going to put a wrap on this edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. For Ryan Snyder, Thomas Frank Carr, you got one more thing to add there, Ryan? 
No, I'm sorry. I was just pulling something up. All Good, because T. Frank hit the Thank music, you. so we got to roll. Uh, we will catch you next week. Find everything at youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated, wherever you get your podcast, or at bluewhiteillustrated.com. For Ryan and myself and T. Frank, we will catch you next week on the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.